Welcome back, everybody, and welcome to Dystopian Hot Dog. We've risen, Marvin, like uh, like a phoenix from the flames, from the ashes of COVID nineteen. Yeah. We have. It's not. It's not got us, has it yet? You know, you never know if the second wave might get you. But so far, Dutch the bastard, and uh, what a yeah. bastard it's been. Absolute treacherous bastard. Thunder bastard. A, thund- a thunder bastard of a bastard, and we're still dancing in the flames of this bastard, and we've now said bastard at least nine times. And like Boris said, stay alert, and we're staying alert, but it is quite hard to stay alert when you can't see the bastard. It's a very good point. Stay alert from this completely invisible threat. And the minute that you start to be cocky and think that you've dodged the invisible bastard <laughs> is when you are at your weakest, and, and the Bible said that. So, uh, Marvin, uh, just to alert the listeners, just in case you think we're contravening the government guidelines, we're actually on a, on a taped phone call, if that's still a thing, yeah. in 2020. Yeah. So, so we're not together, are we? We're not. And, 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 I'm missing you, Marvin. I'm not. I'm, I, I know, I'm, mate. And we've I'm visualising your presence. Have we? we haven't spoken. Well, you've turned quite reclusive. I have. I've become very, very Lord Lucan-esque. Yeah, um, indeed. And our younger listener might not know who Lord Lucan was. I think he was a member of borderline royal family who vanished in the late 70s, early 80s and was never seen again. So, I mean, immediately you've elevated your status, haven't you, from, yeah. from a, just yeah. a, a mere Preston-based man to, to such, such almost a gentrified dignitary who, yeah. who's, who's now disappeared. Great tash. He had a great tash. And in the last episode, remember, the, the Germans were the best at avoiding COVID and also the best tash producers. You imagine yeah. the scale of the German tash now. It, I'd out. like to see footage. They do like hair, don't they? Yeah, and, and the women, the women are upstairs. In fact, they're quite, they, they're quite proud of the hairy armpit, aren't they? They love, they love the hair. Oh, he's bewitched by underarm German female hair as a child. You, when you, mean, I, don't, I don't just mean in general life. Okay. When, I, when we were on holiday, you know, I wasn't thinking about it day to day. No, because there, there are helplines. I, I don't know what I, I used to make of it as a kid. I, I may, maybe it was I allured by it in some way. Many people still are, of course. I mean, quite frankly, at the moment, it's, it, the shaven look has been in fashion for about five or ten years. But as we know, fashion is a very lucid thing. And I think it can only be uh, a matter of months, maybe years, and, and maybe COVID-19 will prompt the re-energizing of the hairy bush. I hope so. But did you just say the shaven look has only been in for the last five or ten years? Are you suggesting that your Louise, up until 2015, was walking around with armpits like Jeff Cage? Yeah, well, well I, I, I'm going to remain diplomatically silent and, and, and just right. avoid answering your question in the style of okay. Matt Hancock. I'm going to take a very Hancock approach to that because I don't think my wife's underarm hair or hygiene needs to be brought into this podcast. She's got a lot of time on her hands at the moment. She may well listen. Well, by the sounds of it, she's not just got time on her hands. Like Richard Keyes, she's got hair on her hands. <laughs> now, no one's as hairy as Richard Keyes. No. He's the original primate. A bit like <laughs> Denzel Washington was the original black man. Uh, <laughs> Richard Keyes is the original... <laughs> Well, I just think it's a commonly known fact. Uh, but what happens Mr. is people Washington get... Mr. would be original black man. Yeah, but what happens is, Marvin, people get him confused with Sidney Poitier. And that, right. that's, that's the trap you fall into 
Ah, it's a very easy mistake to make, isn't it? It is, it is. But that's why it's such a good question. Bringing it back to the virus, though. Sadly, the virus has got racist tendencies, hasn't it? Because more people of colour are dying. Very true, mate. It's very true. And it's it's kind of a fascinating thing because you kind of wonder if that's linked to social factors, which I think is true to, to a degree, but also it seems to be adding more weight to the argument that Hitler was behind this, that it's actually targeting the, the DNA makeup of the black man who, who, is, who is generally, because of skin type, lower in vitamin D. Yeah, lower in vitamin D. It's targeted that. I mean, this is a clever bastard of a virus. It's not to be underestimated. Not clever, God, because... It oh, was, no. I'm no, often, no, no, no. He said Hitler was a genius, but it's very important that when you say Hitler was a genius that you do caveat that by saying he was a cunt as well. Yeah, exactly. You're not putting him in the same bracket as Einstein there, because... That, they well, you can't, on, you can't... Exactly. They sit on different exactly. clouds, don't they? Yeah, you can't go Einstein, Alexander Fleming... A different type of genius, Lionel Messi, Hitler. You can't do that. Yeah, no, no, you can't. It'd be a good odd one out round, though. If yeah. that was your back four, if that was your back four, where would Hitler play? If you had Messi, because Messi's out of position to start with, but he's such a good player, he could play well, Messi, anywhere. You could put Messi anywhere, can't you? Yeah. Does it have to be a four? Because I'd like Einstein as sweet. I mean, we used to play a back four at college where I used to mainly mark and Greg Fernie would main, mainly sweep everything. If, we could play it as Preston College in 94, 95, played their back four, but obviously it's a very different back four because Hitler's involved. Well, it is, but it's a great team talk. Imagine if you're saying to, to that set of, uh, of Geni, well, what we're going to attempt is the Preston College 1994 ethos. I mean, talk about a motivational speech. It's right up there. I mean, exactly, but it's, instead of it being Jimmy Clitheroe, Rob Marquish, Marvin Dickinson and Greg Fernie, we're going... Fleming, Hitler, Messi, uh, Einstein. Yeah, I like the sound of Jimmy Clitheroe. What we used to focus on was the fact that Clitheroe, if you looked at it in a slightly ambiguous way, you could call him the clit hero. Um, <laughs> so he, on a night out, on a night out, he would walk around telling everyone <laughs> that he was Jimmy the clit hero. <laughs> I am the clit hero. And what were these special powers? Did, could, well, he just, was he just eye back, mate? <laughs> The other night, I watched on ITV the replayed highlights from England's quarterfinal with Cameroon. They let Ron Atkinson loose in a commentary box in a game featuring West Africa. That's a brave call. Incredible. If only they knew what was to come. Yeah, (laughs) very preemptive. It was hosted by Nick Owen. We had 10 minutes of Greaves, who, by the way, was wearing a T-shirt which read, it will be a doddle for waddle, and this isn't twaddle. Chris's crosses can maroon Cameroon. Amazing. Classic Greavesy. Classic Greavesy, yeah. I religiously watched Saint and Greavesy, and I'm sure you did on a Saturday. Oh, what a program. Oh, and I think that's what developed a good fan base for Tranmere Rovers, because they'd always have the highlights from the Friday night Tranmere game, wouldn't they? Yeah, and then more latterly, Stockport, when Stockport had a decent side. Of Correct. Job. We would also uh, play on the Fridays. And I had no idea why those two teams used to play on a Friday. But then when I got a bit older, my dad said, it's because they're competing with Liverpool and Everton for fans. 
and obviously in, in Greater Manchester, United and City. And when I fucking had that realisation, I was furious with myself. You've not made the connection. Same would say, no, I've made specialist. I need to think, I've taken Greedy got some kind of emotional hold over them. Are they, are they only playing on Fridays because Satan Greedy want them to? Right. They phoned up Tranmere Rovers. And said, like. you know, well, you, usually when we have a production meeting, we're always five minutes shy of what... <laughs> right. <laughs> it's very easy to romanticise about the past, isn't it? And sometimes you've got to contextualise what was acceptable in 1990. And it's unfair to watch it in 30 years later. We understand that as a caveat. However, Greaves, the most patronising, jingoistic prick at the introduction to the England-Cameroon quarter-final. They had a studio guest, Charlie Entermark, the Cameroon midfielder. Greaves giving it to Charlie Entermark from the start in such a patronising way and a belittling way. And then what happened was Cameroon absolutely hammered us. I mean, yeah. I'd forgotten the level uh, of, of such an abject performance that we had. I say I'd forgotten. I was only 14. Maybe I didn't really... Mate, there was, that, there was that middle sort of 20, 25 minutes of the second half. We were fucking on the ropes for them. On, I haven't on, seen what, yours, what you've watched. Shilton kept us in it. They were that much better than us. Bobby Robs, a, a kind of legend of our shores, got it horribly wrong, though. Bart Wright, a sweeper. We looked clueless. We had no tracking midfielders. We were, we were torn apart by uh, a chap called Oman Beek. Do you remember him? Oman Beek and his brother. Remember his brother in the first game, Carter Beek, got sent off. I do. Absolutely smashing the Argentinian lad. Was it Kim? Yeah, it was Claudio. Yeah, yeah. But that, do you know, that was the good thing about the Cameroons because they had skill, they had flair, but they were hard as fuck. Mate, they, were they just did not through. mind not just putting a foot in, they will get as many feet in as possible. There's that, that, yeah. that run that Kinesia's on in that first game, he sort of rides to horrendous... I just finished watching Game of Thrones, and yeah. those tackles would not have been out of place at the Battle of the Bastards towards the end of Series 6 in Game of Thrones. If you'd have chucked in a few Karim lads in their Italian 90 kit, they wouldn't have looked out of place in that battle. I'm sure it can't be in the end, just goes through Kaninja. He's still staggering after riding the first two tackles, and it's like, no more, no more, yeah. no more. He ends him. He ends him. I think even, even his boot comes off in the tackle, and as he's getting the red card, he's just sort of picking his boot up and saying, yeah, fair enough, mate. They have four of the best players out in this quarterfinal against England. This is often what's forgotten about. What, so they have four players out through injury or suspension? No, suspension. All through suspension. Because it wasn't just against... Because they were everyone. Mate, they were, they were giving it Games of Thrones in every, in, in every single contest they had. But, they, but that's not to say that's all they had. They outplayed yeah, most of the teams they sure. faced in the competition. Pace and skill and ability in the final third. Is it the goal goal where they go 2-1 up and they just they kill us down the inside right channel? Gaza gives away the penalty with a mistimed tackle for their equaliser after Platt's header put us 1-0 up. And then, by the way, Roger Miller, the star of the competition, is still on the bench at this point, so he's still yeah. not even in the third because he's about 69. So yeah. then we went 2-1 down. Makanaki was the fella who was tormenting us alongside Oman Beek. And had and that, it not been for some, some wasteful finishing, we'd have been yeah. qualified down. 
A Makanaki does sound like the kind of name you'd make up. You know, like when, when Boris mentioned Bongo Bongo Land or whatever yeah, he said. Yeah, Makanaki. If he said, yeah. if he said the main surname in Bongo Bongo Land was Makanaki. Yeah, you'd go, that's just you'd, Boris doing, his, yeah, doing that. his shit act again. Are you sure he wasn't Scottish? Was his name not Mechanicky? Oh, it could be Mechanicky. He did look Scottish. Was he uh, paler yeah. than the rest of the original Cameroon black men? <laughs> Wouldn't it have been lovely if Cameroon had just had a little right winger who looked like Strachan in the mid? Little English Mechanicky. <laughs> Back then, in, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, it was the Wild West on many fronts, as we've discussed. I don't think FIFA would have been that arsed about checking birth certificates. I think when the Cameroon lads announced the final 22, you've gone through it there, you've got Karn- Karnabeek, Omanbeek, who's it, Hamish Mechanicky, and you've got the pictures of them all, and he's a flamer lad, he's, he's basically from our growth. Yeah, four foot three. Four foot three, but he's got full Cameroon colours on. <laughs> Probably just thought, Clay. Where did they Where did they find this mascot? Yeah. So, so mechanic here was a good player for him. Yeah, oh, mate, mate, yeah, he was did. I like it. Like I say, for that middle twenty twenty five minutes, the second half, I remember just thinking, my dad was fucking losing it in the front room at nine when we had Yeah, yeah. Because there was that arrogance as well that this, you know, it's almost like an imperialistic British approach. This should not we're, be happening to us. We're in England. This is a bunch of bloody Africans. Perfectly personified by Greaves in the studio at every single that point. Greaves? That was what Greaves was doing. He might have been getting up, dancing on the table, and waving his union jack, uh, chucking bongos at Charlie Entermark. So I'm going to play you a quick clip now. Get forward to this. Allowing the two fullbacks to become wing backs, or whatever one wants to call them these days. And go, hey, you can also go forward himself, of course. Right, Jim, thanks very much. Just a brief word. Feeling the needle, Charlie? Uh, no, everything's all right at the moment. Has Nick Owen just said to Charlie, did he say there'd be a need for Charlie? Do you feel the need for Charlie? <laughs> just a brief word. Feeling the needle, Charlie? Uh, <laughs> Basically, you import the powder, leave the football to us. <laughs> It's there. All you've got to do is look behind yeah. the narrative and it's staring you bang in the face. Nick Owen, yeah. the mouthpiece of ITV, telling Charlie Entermark, your role in the world is to cultivate, harvest and distribute crack cocaine. <laughs> we started the conversation about Cameroon saying that they were overly aggressive throughout the tournament. Now, I wonder why. I wonder why. <laughs> Could it be that their team talk can Existed of four lines each. They went out like caged animals. They had that elevated skill level that when you take the old class A can can turn you into that kind of superhero. You're fearless. No inhibitions. No inhibitions. No inhibitions. Indomitable. Kind of pissed on our three lions, didn't they? So what adjective have you gone for? Oh, we've just gone numerical. What are you doing? Indomitable. Yeah, three we've gone. So yours your could be any three, then. Got, we've got plural, so we've got loads of them, because it's yeah. lions. Still, lions. Still the same as you. Yeah. So th- th- you know, th- there's, there's, there's loads of ours, and there's one from Scotland. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. Who's the most aggressive of the bunch? Because he's obviously yeah. it. Yeah, so put that in your fucking pipe. In fact, here, have some of this to put in your pipe. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll find, if you do have some of this, expect, expect a blurry head card. Yeah, and if you want any more, just have a chat with Charlie Edson Mark.
on now. Before we just started recording, and you were you were saying goodbye to your your wife, who whether it makes the edit or not, we don't know how hairy she is at the moment because of lockdown. Because you, you, know, you did suggest that five years ago she she had armpits like Jeff Cates and hands like Richard Keith. Yeah, she was monkey. Like. Yeah, you said you, I could hear your other half talking there, a, a dulcet tones in the background, and you said, uh, "Okay, we're just going to start recording." Then you said, "Let's kiss the wife. Let's kiss the wife." And that was for my benefit to let me know what you're going to do. But it made yeah. me think that there was more than one of you there. Like there's a group of you. Who were, well, like, how do you know that there isn't? I don't know which is it. It's like I'm just I've just been watching the game. The game of. <laughs> I've just been watching the Game of Thrones. The Game Thinking of Thrones, yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of people call it Game of Thrones, but it could be any Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, which Game of Thrones are you on about? And I'd be saying, oh, it's the Game of Thrones. She's in the Game of Thrones. And Daenerys Targaryen, she had the Unsullied with her, the, the, the soldiers of the Unsullied. Very, very silent. Very silent. And Game of Thrones has left such an effect on me that when you said, let's kiss the wife, I imagine you with members of the Unsullied all around you in, in Blackpool. Now, the last time I saw the Unsullied, they were off to um, the Southern Isles of West, off Westeros. I didn't expect them to end up on the foul coast. Uh, listen, have, you, got, have you got the Unsullied with you from the Game of Thrones? I, I have very little clue what you're talking about because I've right. never watched Game of Thrones, so I don't know what the Unsullied is. Basically, soldiers who were originally slaves who've had their dicks cut off. Oh. Literally, that, yeah, they've all had their dicks cut off. They've all been castrated. Right, well, they completely. The most... They've not just taken the foreskin like, 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 like the Jewish... No, no, no. It's a fucking clean break from the north. They're not mate. just Jews, are they? No, they're not just Jews, mate. Your correct phrase should have been, they're not Jews. No! <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a, a bit. whole fucking... A whole race of men in the Game of Thrones are having the cocks cut off. But it's okay if they're just Jews. I was getting confused with just juice. Do you remember the car <laughs> of orange juice? I do remember that. And, and I wondered why. people may accept that as an excuse. Just saying, <laughs> was it a, a promotion for just juice? Which is, what, which is what, obviously what I meant. Just juice. <laughs> <laughs> I feel we've drifted from, from what you were explaining about these poor unfortunate men who've had their cocks chopped off and has kind of become an army? Is that what you were saying? Yeah. The Daenerys Targaryen basically freed them of slavery. And these guys are fucking nailed as an army, mate. Right. Utterly fucking, mate. These fighters, they're called... Right. Are they uh, like the 1990s Cameroon uh, defence? Oh, mate, so different. So different. The Cameroon lads were all caught. I think we've not got another delivery here behind us. I think this is Amazon turning up with some white spirit. Yeah. We've just been doing our fireplaces. Okay. Um, removing all the paint from them, and we've got down to the last bit. And uh, is he going? Who the thought? This is modern podcasting where delivery people are interrupted. See, on the Bundesliga, where Paul Dempsey was commentating on the Borussia Dortmund Schalke game, and his Tesco delivery arrived while he was doing the commentary. <laughs> <laughs> Can you see that? I didn't see that. Brilliant, isn't it? That is sensational, though. Yeah. He's commentating on the return of the Bundesliga. And some block Tesco with, with these maximum 80 items. And that's great because there's a level of understanding from everyone watching. Yeah, and I think it'd be totally fine for him to say, hang on a minute, just carry on watching for a bit. I've just got to nip off 
Yeah, and check that the substitutions that they're offering are fine. Plus, I've got some fruit pasta lollies and there's a frozen bag, so they need to be in the freezer, bottom shelf, it's sharp. They've got to fucking go in, because then yeah. they'll know that Dempsey is partial to a fruit pasta lolly. And if he is, he's up in my estimation immediately. They are the king of the lollies. Yeah. Very good lollies. Oh, mate, they're pisso all over Calippos. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, the collision of flavours, just so, so adeptly designed. So, so we... striking to look at, and, and very similar well, to the Cameroon kit. Mate, aesthetically beautiful and a taste to match. Did you say aesthetically? Yeah, I did. Okay. Do you say aesthetically? I say, I, well, I say the way it's set. <laughs> aesthetically. aesthetically. You've put in, you in aesthetically. Which yeah, sounds but, like a really nice, no, like what, nice sculpture. But, but what I've done is a little play on words of the ice lolly. Oh, sorry. So sorry. Actually, Were you one step ahead of the game like you just juice? See, what I'm seeing from you today, Ryan, is that you <laughs> fucking up your game. And when I try and catch you out, whether it's about racism or ice lollies, you're fucking one step ahead. Mate, I've, I've, I've had stuff. I've had a lot of time on my hands. I've had a lot the of shit to think about. The lockdown you well. It certainly has. I'll tell you what I haven't been doing in lockdown, though, is watching Game of Thrones. And I, I, I noticed, because we have very similar takes on things, generally in life, I think, we have very similar opinions, we have very similar yeah. tastes, we tend to like the same things. We'd have made beautiful children in a, in a different world. And I know this is going vaguely homoerotic, and I don't mean it to. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, this is a this is a point of difference. We found a difference between us on our interpretation and, and, and like of the VAR rule. And now Game of Thrones, I've tried it. I haven't given it long granted, but I didn't like any of it. How much did you watch? Not a lot. I, I'll live with you. Um, I, I, most of one episode. Mate, honestly, as it as it moves on, it is utterly breathtaking honestly yeah, you're not the first person to tell me this and, 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 and I know, many people whose opinions I, I respect i was i was time. like you I, because we are the same person for a while i was like you but i have i have broken through my barriers with the game of thrones okay and people say oh wait till you get to this series or whatever and say oh that's miles away but honestly the reward the reward you get for making it through to like series six mate are just fucking unreal and I know it sounds a long way off, and you've not even watched any incredible TV. And, okay. Um, I mean, I've heard this, as I said, from many different sources. It's just that I, I'm finding it hard to divorce my kind of thumb rule of television. Never watch stuff that glorifies the existence of dragons. And I've heard that dragons are a key feature of the Game of Thrones series. They are. They are. Well, I'm going to bring it back to a very basic primal level here. Good. Dragons already are. They're already a primal beast. You can't really have a chat with a dragon. No. no that will end. That will end terribly. Tits. What did you say? A tit. Did you say tits? I did say tit. I've said it twice, three times. A lady. There's so many tits in it, mate. The thing is, Marv, if I wanted tits, I'd, I'd go elsewhere for my tits. I take it you're appealing to me on a very primordial 
level here. I've tried to with you on solid. You're not, just you're not pushing because no. you've just brought in your racist side. Yeah, but pox off. You, you've clearly got a problem with dragons. So you don't, yeah. you're not doing the soldiers. You're not doing the dragons. I'm going to no. go next one. I'm going to yeah. go tits. You're a man who likes a bet, a drink, a dart. Rugby Correct. league. And yeah. if, you know, if you've got any man that likes those four things, there's yeah. a high chance that A, they will be racist, as you proved, and B, they enjoy tits. <laughs> proved. Now listen, tits and dragons don't belong in the same ballpark. Unless I'm feeling particularly fruity, in which case I can go to several sites on the internet which will offer me that. Niche. So when I was speaking to my wife earlier on and said, I'm gonna, we're just going to kiss the wife, you assumed at that moment I had a cockless army of juice. No, you brought in the juice bit. I oh, yeah, sorry. I brought the I juice. I assumed that you had a cockless fighting machine with you. <laughs> yeah, it's a very safe assumption. It's a natural assumption. But, but that just shows, if you said, I'm just going to give my wife a kiss before we do the podcast, I'd yeah. just moved on. But you said, let's just give the wife a kiss. And, and now still, you might have been at the front of the queue. Downstairs, there's still hundreds of unsullied soldiers kicking your wife. Say, because they haven't got a cock. <laughs> so do you think I should let them keep kissing her? Keep kissing her. Protect her. There's the unsullied, mate. If you'd watch Game of Thrones, honestly, you've got the ultimate fighting machine in Normos. I've still got very little comprehension of the analogy you're making. Yeah, I'm still finding it amusing and somewhat enthralling. Yeah, and also the, the key with the unsullied is, is that because they are, used to be slaves, they take orders very well. So they're the ah. perfect army to have beneath you as well. They do sound like a very well-organized unit. Incredible. And the last thing I'll say about it is that Daenerys has the unsullied with her, but also she has another army called the Dothraki. Now, the what, what? Dothraki. 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 The Dothraki basically have the personalities of previous football hard men. Jimmy Case, Terry Erlock, Vinnie Jones, Jones uh, Norman Hunter, but they're on horseback with machete-like swords, thousands of them, mate. Got the hooligan element in the Dothraki and yeah. the ultra-disciplined approach of the Unsullied. She's got everything she needs. And she's got fucking dragons, mate. Could you <clears throat> separate most things in the world into Unsolid or Dothraki? I think so. Let um, me throw some names at you then. And you, you tell me, Dothraki or Unsolid? Bill Oddie. Dothraki, he had his cock cut off. So now he's Unsolid. Next. Great. Pat Nevin. Obvious follow-up to die. No, he's, he's Unsolid. Okay. He could never be Dothraki. He's too understated. Andrew Flintoff. Dothraki, all day long. What about Philip Schofield? He's a contradiction because he's unsullied, but inside he's a raging Dothraki. This week I finished The Thrones and Michael Jordan's one, The Last Dance on Netflix. Now then, I started that. Literally four nights ago, because I was fed up on people telling me how amazing. Mate, mate, what a fucking show. What a guy. Ultimate sportsman, best sportsman in the world. 
Ever. Sportsman. And, and also, mate, as you watch it, you'll realise in past episodes, we talked about who the ultimate bastards are. We mentioned Sunus. We mentioned Fred West. Yeah. Jordan. Jordan. You're joking. Really, at that side, I don't know what, I, I love with you. I know the sort of glossy media portrayed Michael Jordan. I don't know loads good, about but him. Good, but, but a good bastard. We bastard. all love a good bastard. And I'll tell you who recommended it to me, bizarrely. I got a text from David Hasselhoff's nephew. Is, is he a Hasselhoff himself? Is it, no, is it he's called family? Nick. He's not, no, he's separate family. He's called, uh, he's called Nick. I won't give his surname out. So you don't mind being fucking racist? But you don't, you're being a bit private about... Being, being private about... Listen, mate, he's a hop. Okay. You, you don't infiltrate the inner security systems of the Hasselhoff clan, right? If Game of Thrones has taught you anything, okay. He, okay. he said... So what's it called? Dancing with Wolves. The, last, the dance last dance, mate. Told me it's the best thing you'll ever see. And he was actually there at, the, at his final performance, or rather his final game for the, for the Chicago Bulls. He was wow. present in that crowd. And he said it's his proudest moment. Contextualise that. He's watching his uncle end the Cold War. Yeah. And yet, singing on the Berlin Wall and, and unifying Germany and most of Eastern Europe. But and I, yet, I, his proudest moment. That, that, that is only just dawning on me. The, the randomness. When Stalin was doing his thing and... and killing millions, mainly of his own people. See, if you could have said to him, in a few decades' time, comrade, this is the guy that will be dancing on the wall when this all ends. I'm showing him... Slow-motion footage of beach running. I'm showing him beach running. I'm showing him a guy with a talking car. Very tight, firm. That would have fucking cost to Stalin's soul, wouldn't it? Mate, I think he'd have just He'd have just jumped off off a ledge. Well, he might have, but he had such power, he might have just decided to make 10 other people commit suicide just on his behalf, because he could. Yeah, delegate. I'm really sad. You can just commit suicide now. So he'd almost commit suicide by proxy. He could subcontract suicide. He was that powerful, that's what he could do. (laughs) But they were self-employed, and I'm sure that they would have been better looked after. To be fair, Boris has done all that. The Bundesliga started up last weekend. Yes. You mentioned Hasselhoff just then. Yeah. And I was thinking about you at Christmas time, if the theatres aren't open and you can't do panto, Bundes panto is the idea. Bundes panto. You do panto behind closed doors. You get Hasselhoff to play a central part to each panto in the country. Yeah. Which we can do by having some beforehand. You know, like he could be the, the man in the mirror. Could be the genie, the great, all like the powerful the genie, of it could, it could be the giant in Jack and the Beanstalk. It could be the almost sort of ethereal characters. Yeah. Filmed, get it pumped out to Germany because they have the winter break for the football in Germany as well. They don't mm. have Bundesliga, but they have Bundes Panto with mm. Hasselhoff in every single Panto in every single town in this country. Theatre to survive because of Bundes Panto. And because, largely, as it will be packaged up, of David Hasselhoff. He's the fucking key, mate. He's ended the Cold War, he's reunified Germany, and now he's saved the plight of theatre. Theatre saver. 
quiz knowledge that you've needed recently as well for all the Zoom quizzes that have been going on. Have you done any Zoom quizzes? Did one last night, pal. My wife organised last night's Zoom quiz. We do a weekly one with a, a small circle of friends. It's getting to that one-upmanship that you get, you know, when Tupperware parties in the 80s and they actually yeah. sort of the betterment <clears throat> of it all. So it's got to all right. But it's getting to a breaking point now because last night we had the rather divisive round. Bear in mind, we're all in relationships of who do I think most likely out of our friendship group to do this? That's the question, the set of questions. Wow. Who's most likely not to have a shower in a week? And oh. that was that was me. Every single person said me. People it, perceive you sort of an inherent grubbiness then. This is the point of that. This is what she's done. She's opened up a can of worms here because now we know what everyone thinks about each other. It's a bit like, you know, the Jim Carrey film where he can't tell a lie. And you realise... Yeah. Because you desk costers the will to win in this quiz, Marvin. You, you want yeah. the points, so you want to try and guess what everyone else thinks of you. She should have yeah, called well, around Pandora's box. Mm. Yeah, and the most alarming thing is that I'm sat in the Peugeot with a semi. That is alarming. <laughs> that yeah. is alarming. But it is a particularly well-manufactured motor vehicle. So it's the Frenchness of it, mate. Yeah. As soon as you get in the car, you might be just going to the shops, but you feel like you're up to have an affair. Yeah, but we got we got distracted there from Pandora's Worms. Um, sorry, sorry, fucking <laughs> Pandora's, Pandora's Worms. worms. A great place. Um, but why you opened say... up her box after all this talk for centuries about what's in Pandora's box and it's just some fucking worms? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just something really mundane. Yeah, you, oh, yeah. You're, what, let's open <laughs> Pandora's box. It's just, just a, a nectary. <laughs> oh, be it right and lovely, but it's just a nectar. Yeah, absolutely. All these centuries of mystery about what's in there. It's just a it piece of rotten fruit. Oh, it will write the disappointment of World Cup 90, or, or even when you realise that the Wizard of Oz is just a bloke behind the curtain. It would be. It's right up there in the world's biggest disappointment. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's a good list. We should think of that for next week. What's the world's well, biggest, dis- top 10 world's biggest disappointment? Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll put some work into that. Um, well, we won't. We'll, 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 we'll think of stuff. We'll just fucking blag it next week. Yeah. What would shite like Pandora's box or something <laughs> next to read in it. <laughs> I've been, mate, I've been finding it so difficult to get up in the mornings. Have you? Yeah. I can get my head down at like 11-ish and I'll be fucking having to haul myself out of bed at half eight. Exhausted. Yeah, it's weird how that happens to you, isn't it? When you're not doing anything, when you get sort of accumulative fatigue through doing yeah. effectively shit all. Exactly. And it made me think about if, if, if I didn't have kids or the other half to get me up, how long would I sleep here? And it made me think about the ultimate sleeper, Rip Van Winkle. And I googled the basic outline of his story, and he'd gone for a walk because apparently he was he was quite an idle man already. Rip Van Winkle, not surprisingly, a bit work shy to be honest. And Wikipedia suggests that the basic story is that he's gone for a walk to get away from his nagging wife. This is in the Catskill Mountains, I think, in America. He's a Dutch immigrant, and he's gone for a walk in the mountains, and he hears someone call him into a cave to drink with some dwarves. <laughs> you're going to go out. You're going to do that, aren't you? If, if you've gone to a walk because you're pissed off with the missus going on at you, 
because you're not prepared to do any work around the house. And it's a dream hill, scenario. Someone on the hill saying, come and have a drink in this here cave with some dwarves. We know the chaotic nature of a dwarf. The dwarf <laughs> is an ideal candidate for a pit-up and to be a part of the Dothraki army. And what a setting for a piss-up as well. Listen, if someone on a hill has just said, come in this cave for a drink, I'm already in. But then, says, second clause, by the way, mate, there's some dwarfs in here. Some fucking dwarfs in here, mate. You're already fucking game for a drink. You've been invited into a cave and there's some dwarfs. What have you got to lose? Get on the set on a hill in a cave with some fucking Dothraki dwarves. So the next thing he knows, he's gone for this piss up and he wakes up and goes walking back down the hill. 20 years on. How long? 20 years. 20 years on? 20 years on. That's a session now. He gets down there, people start to vaguely recognise him, things have moved on. He sees his son, Rip Van Winkle Jr., and I can't. Re- I should have read more to realise what happens, but the main thrust of it is, is that he went on the piss. So I thought. I thought the other day. Oh, I feel a bit like Rip Van Winkle. And, and there's an episode of Black Adder which talks about what his ancestors were like to be called Rip Van Adder or something like that. Yeah. And I yeah. thought, I wonder if I'm, I'm going to look him up. And, and and I got so besotted with the idea of being up on a hill. He's probably got great views up on the hill. And in your head. It, We've all been on a walk, like you say, maybe in the Ribble Valley or the lakes, where you think the one thing that could top this off now would be a fucking drink with some chaotic dwarves. <laughs> would she be okay with it? I don't know. It's taking lockdown to another level. She might get the life insurance through. And, and I'll be honest, the kids are doing my fucking treeing, so I'll get some time away from them. <laughs> Right, so there we go, Mark. I think it's been a joyous return. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And it, again, I said I'd missed you, and you've cemented that place in oh, this old romantic heart now, just yeah, from yeah. talking to you on the, on the telephone device. Yeah, I, I miss you too, and, I, and, I, and I'm sure that one or two people have missed us having these chats. Well, and when I, you I, say one or two, I think you've been wholly accurate. Because uh, sometimes that phrase is used modestly and humbly, but I think we're pretty much on the money with it. There was no sort of outcry at all when we've kind of abandoned podcasting because of the COVID-19. There was, I don't know about you, but I didn't receive one notification of oh, when's the next hot dog coming out. So- I, th- I think my mate Rob Pitt, who runs um, some pharmacists up in the northeast, he, he, he asked when I'm recording the next one, to be fair. Well, God bless you, Rob. I mean, you, in fairness, Rob's probably our chief listener now. I think we sh- he should be given a title up there in the northeast, the flag bearer for dystopian hot dog. And it's only just dawned on me that he's a pharmacist, and to get through it, other pharmacists weren't vaccine. He was he was requesting us to create a va- uh, an auditory vaccine to survive this period. Frankly, yeah. though, I've, I've gone a full circle on Rob now. I think really. Being in the pharmaceutical industry, he should get his arse into gear and create an actual vaccine for COVID-19. Yeah, fair point. I will message him after this and say I want want to have have the antibody test and the main vaccine done by week Thursday, say. Yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, All.
or, or not many. And uh, we'll do it again next week. I think we should pledge now to do one of these crafts weekly. Let's do it, Marvin. Your, yeah. your time as a recluse has been served. You're back. And we welcome yeah. you back. I feel quite emotional. I feel I'm happy to be back. Let's do it all again next week. Wonderful. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you again soon. Mm-hmm.